What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Hollywood Already Did It presents Buddies for Life, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a mini-series where we go episode by episode with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as well as look back on buddy cop movies of various decades, how the genres evolved, what has made it last, why it has lasted, and how Falcon and the Winter Soldier elevates it both for the MCU and, candidly, overall. Of course, I am your host, Blake Schultz. With me today is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And Jamie Jirak. Hello. And we are here, guys. We've had we've been spoiled by Disney Plus. We have had three months, seemingly, of weekly shows between this and WandaVision with a small break. And we are now done. We've made it to the, to the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There are shields and outfits and uniforms galore and deep and interesting themes and candidly some of the coolest action I've ever seen in a show. When he pops that shield off and whips it at that helicopter. My God. So guys, let's get into this. What did you think? We'll start with Jamie because Terrence is muted. Oh, um, I thought it was great. Um, overall, you know, I would say that this show is not my favorite thing Marvel's ever done, but I will forever be impressed with the way that they told Sam's story and that they went to places that I never expected the MCU to go. And uh, I'm excited for Cap Four. I'm excited that they that they led into that. Um, I think overall it was a, it was a fun experience. There was a lot of good stuff. Uh, in the end, they they really dropped the ball on Sharon Carter once again. I could give a shit about uh, her being the power broker. I want to care. I think that the the seeds are there, but they're not. They they have not blossomed yet. Um, but uh, I thought the finale was good. Uh, there were um, there were a lot of fun moments. Um, my biggest complaint is that the ending. Why not make it Captain America and the White Wolf? He said like eight times he wasn't the Winter Soldier anymore. Um, if you're going to change the title, do it full full all the way. For both. Yeah, but um, but I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I was surprised that Walker didn't fight them. He was just showed up, helped, and then on his way. I didn't hate that. I was just surprised by that. Yeah, I mean that that was a part that bothered me. Uh, I, there's a lot of stuff that I don't I don't think this ending uh, landed quite perfectly. Uh, the Walker part being one of them. Where I was like, hey, he, so he's just after decapitating someone and beating and fighting you guys to what would have been the death. You guys are like, cool, come help us out. Um, the Sharon Carter of it all, we sort of spoke on. Didn't really dig that either. Uh, the Carly uh, send-off and climax didn't really work for me either. Um, it felt sort of anticlimactic for, for all of that. But all of that being said, what really, really did work was uh, Sam. And seeing Sam in that cap outfit, it still just think about it, gives me goosebumps. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, this, this feels right this feels good and it felt earned i think that's what the this series as a whole was trying to really do was say hey cap gave him the shield he didn't think he deserved it and this shows why he did and that's what this whole point was and i think it if that is all that we're taking away from this uh then i think it, it nails that and and does it um in droves his monologue at the end for the cops feels a little bit on the nose but i didn't care um i think some of that might be because of the week that we've had with the the void verdict and all of that stuff i was like nope go for it sam have a, have a field day with this um so all of that worked and i think that that seeing the name change and knowing that we're getting a, a captain america 4 with a black lead just just made my week i was like yeah can't i can't wait for all of this i think i thoroughly agree with everything everyone has said i 
quite enjoyed the episode despite many of its flaws like i said some of that action some of that cinematography was just so on point and so great when his entrance and he lands and this was probably the first time that i've ever just looked at a costume and been like yeah that's it that's the comic that is a one-to-one you did it there's no we didn't do any we changed nothing we changed nothing it's incredible i loved that I loved seeing his fighting style. It almost reminded me of how they talk about Spider-Man in the comics of, well, he's got all these angles and the webs and people don't really know where he's coming from or what he's doing. And when he's flipping with those wings and tripping people with them and using them as a brace when he blocks Carly was so cool. I was like, we're getting so creative with the way that he moves and fights and functions and the shield popping out and him grabbing it and the way him thinking out these situations of finding the pilot and getting that guy out of the helicopter and trying to talk Carly down again, all great. All shows why he's Captain America. I feel like they didn't do anybody else's arc though. Uh, I feel like John Walker, I liked seeing the, the soldier that we had heard about. You know, when we started this show, it was, he's a good soldier. He makes the right call. People believe in him. And we really only saw him be an asshole and make the wrong call and get corrupted and not be worthy of the shield and and suck overall. And I last week was like, well, we put him in an impossible situation to become the next Captain America. It's It's a lot. So I see the frustration in people not respecting it, but respect is earned. And when he does try to help those civilians, I was like, great. I like seeing that there is good here. Right. Now, how redeemable is this? That's a much bigger conversation that we're not going to do here because, you know, Iron Man flew over borders, popped out a gun and iced four people in the face to save some civilians <laughs> in Iron Man 1. Spider, everybody has killed or hung up people or done something that I'm like, right. we let that go. Loki's killed half of New York and we're like, he's going to have a show. <laughs> so like, I don't know what we consider redeemable anymore. I don't know if John Walker is or if he won't be, but I... I love the complexity of the character. And with each episode, I feel like we're getting more and more into something we've never seen in the MCU. And even contradicting that with Sam as Captain America, which is also something else we've never seen in the MCU and infinitely more important to today's conversations and culture and our society in general of like what this means. Him giving this big speech at the end was incredible. But yeah, we we did almost nothing with Sharon. She stood around a lot. She's the power broker. I'm with Jamie. Make me care about it. Right. Now, it goes so anticlimactic. If she is going to be the power broker and doing some stuff with the U.S. government, and maybe this leads into armor wars, and she's talking with Justin Hammer, and she has to go up against Rhodey next, just sign me up. Justin Hammer, I'd love to see uh, some Sam Rockwell come back. Yeah. You you get her doing some deals with Sam Rockwell, and you because that and you get Rhodey to show up. I'm in. If that's where we're going next, I am there. Lead that into Ironheart. I'm in it for the long haul. Yeah. But yeah, I, I felt also with some of the the politics we had been talking about, you know, we we kill Carly only to kind of have Sam be like, she was right about everything. Just her mannerisms were wrong. And I was like, but hold on. <laughs> like, Yeah, he, he went on this like, you, call, you, you labeled her as a terrorist. And I'm like, I see your point because they do sometimes put that those labels on it like oh these people are thugs these people are terrorists sam by the very definition she was a terrorist you've been working <laughs> with zemo he killed a lot of people <laughs> like, we 
have labels for reasons sometimes. <laughs> like there was some kind of contradictory stuff and I felt like, and maybe I'm wrong, I have no real evidence. I feel like you could feel COVID reshoots because when they get underground, suddenly everyone's just like running in their own tunnel and very far away from each other. I am I am of the belief that about 30 minutes to maybe an entire episode is, is, is missing or reworked because either COVID reshoots or having not being able to get them or also being affected like it feels like the storyline might have started leaning into some things that would have been a one-to-one -one what's happening in the real world and they're like nope gotta yank that out because we do not want to upset anybody right now so I, yeah, think... I heard that there was like a pandemic thing that maybe mm. was originally in there yeah and so i think that's why some of this stuff probably just feels a little disjointed with the way they stuck the landing the one of the big things we didn't really talk about i bucky's ending either i i feel like if we go from the entire first episode where we're almost giving half the episode to sam and half the episode to bucky and we're doing the whole thing with with the um with the asian father and we all we all knew it was like yeah we, we know this you killed his son so you just got to tell him for us to get that at the literally the coda of this episode and then we just pull away from it and like oh well that i feel like we should sit in that more or like do a little bit more with that instead yeah of like, here we go. And we do a lot with Bucky's story too, where, you know, they tell him to stay away from Wakanda, but they still call him the white wolf. We don't really know what like the white wolf means for Wakanda in as a title. And so like, I think Jamie's right. We could have done a little bit more with that idea and then really changed the name, but I don't even know where this character really is. Like he's happy and he's healed and he's working on himself and he's raising up two kids with his metal arm at the end. It's a fun time. Um, and he's getting some Sam's sister. I mean, I'll tell you, Sam's sister. <laughs> he's getting some Sam. I'm sorry. That The sister's a red herring. He's fucking Sam on the side. And that is a fact. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be mad about hey, it. Let's do it. I'll tell you though, her business is about to blow up. Right. When to come to Captain America's boating restaurant, <laughs> y'all are going to be fine. Yeah, you guys will be quite all right. A bank loan. <laughs> uh, so then we get a movie. This is great. Our 14th slated Marvel feature. It, I feel like they just keep slating them. Like, look, we don't even have space. Just put it in there somewhere. We'll find it. We'll find is, it. We'll time. Are we concerned that in a movie form, it's going to be a lot more just like Captain America saves the day and we're not going to get quite into these heavy themes? Do we even need the heavy themes? Or do I we want, like just want to go watch him save the day? It's weird because this is going to be one of the first times, and it seems like this is going to be happening more and more the way that they're doing things, but this is one of the first times where we're going from TV, like we're going to movie, going to TV, and then going- Terrence, I agree characters. with you. Really, only George Clooney managed to make the jump from <laughs> television to movie star. I don't know that Anthony Mackie can do I don't do think it. Mackie can do it. Um, <laughs> but then going back to film again, off of the story that we got there, and I think because the mediums are very different, I think you can get a little bit more into the heavier stuff or the headier stuff on Disney+. Plus. But when we get into those big old Marvel films, those are what we call four quadrants and you're doing all every single audience member and you don't want to piss off a great deal of the audience if you start talking about only black people shit. <laughs> but I think though, correct me if I'm wrong because I am white and I am now pulling a Zemo. <laughs> the, what we want to see more of are stories of black people just being superheroes. I think so. Like, yeah, I, that's what I want. I think a lot of the the black trauma or black trauma porn um, that we get with like them or uh, 
even though I liked it, Queen and Slim, like we were like, ah, this, I, can you tell the story where we're just doing some normal people shit? Or in the case of this, let's do some superhero shit where we're not really having to watch us be the, the, the suffering part. I think that is that is a part of it. And I, I, I hope that the rest of the world and the audiences, I feel like Marvel audiences is probably the least toxic of all the Marvel, of all the uh, geek fandoms. And I feel like they're a lot more accepting of just like, hey, whoever's here, we're, 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 we're with it. Black Panther did well it seems like there seems to be a good response overall for change so i think i don't think this audience is going to have an issue with that um overall I mean, black panther made more money in the u.s than avengers Endgame did yeah yeah so i mean i think yeah i think we're there it's it's interesting because i had that thought where i was like man we're doing a lot of challenging themes in this and in a movie it is more like big bombastic story it's about the character and then i was like well maybe that's what we want to do now yeah, we, I think we, you, you you do the the legwork or the groundwork of building this character and getting to know this character on the on the TV series, and then when we get into the to the event film, we're just like, all right, just blow, let's just do go do a mission. Let's well, and I, job. you know, I was thinking about some people saying that you know they don't do a lot with these themes at the end. We don't do a lot more with systemic racism. We could have done. I'm like, well, the reason we don't really do more is because we, as a as a world, as a country, as as individuals, we don't have those answers yet. So of course Marvel couldn't answer it. Right. Of course Marvel was unable to be like, and this is how we end it because we, we haven't it. done it. <laughs> right. So it is building awareness. It is having these tougher conversations of the villain had a point. I know what they're going through. You got to start listening to the people and you got to start putting the people that your decisions affect in the room when you're making the decisions. That's the stuff where I'm like, we did everything that we needed to do with the themes. That's exactly what we're saying in Hollywood right now. If you want to make these stories impactful, get the people in the rooms to tell the stories for the people you're telling them to. Yeah. You stupid executives. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Blake never worked in Hollywood again. <laughs> so that was the finale. I think we all over feel overall good. I think we can continue this story in a movie. I would like another season. Is that too, is it too much to get another season and a movie? I, said, I don't think that's happening. I I really wish that they would have been like we're getting another season. But the fact that the Emmys they're they're um submitting to the Emmys as a drama, whereas WandaVision's submitting as limited series, so it's still possible. I mean, they could just very easily be like, it is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we're passing the Falcon torch over as well. And Sam's story will be in the movie, and now mm. Bucky, Bucky will get the and show. the new Falcon will do this. That's true. It'd be great. Who knows? Only time will tell. But what time will not tell us is uh, that was a terrible transition into this. It's time to talk about our two buddy cop <laughs> movies for this week. Uh, we are once again bringing a double feature for, I guess, the 2010s, two of the most recent and uh, perfectly fine movies, I guess. <laughs> I'm not, not particularly challenging. Uh, we have 2013's The Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. Not to be confused with Heat. Which is a very different with, film with uh, uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Yep, very different. <laughs> very di all, both quality pictures. Yeah, but if you were at Blockbuster and you got heat instead of the heat, you have a very different night. Yeah, I hope you. But either way, a good night in my yes. opinion. A great night. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if it's Sam or Sam's sister. Bucky's having a good time. <laughs> uh, in this situation, that's with the films. We're also doing 2017's The Hitman's Bodyguard. The pandemic has my years messed up. I'm like, is it 2018, 2019? When? It's a construct now. <laughs> uh, two movies 
in the 2010s, our first female buddy cop movie and a very by the numbers Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson movie. Both did very well at the box office. We are getting a sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard. Apparently, we are not getting a sequel to The Heat because both Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock were like, we're good. We're, we're good. <laughs> we're superstars. We don't need to be doing yeah. this again. Um, but it made a ton of, I mean, ton of money. 200 was, million worldwide off yeah, of like next to nothing to make. Like a $40 million budget, uh, which is literally just paying for the two of them. Uh, that's, that's what that cost is, yeah. I feel like The Heat was like one of the first movies too where the comedy was very much just like let them do some improv let the camera that, run yeah, let them do their bits like they're having fun let them just go um and, I, and melissa a lot of melissa's films are like that we're like let's just cut the camera on don't turn it off we won't call cut and we'll figure out the film as it goes along um and that's what the, and especially if you allow her she serves better when it's an r-rated version of that because she can like mm-hmm. <laughs> she's a she's a blue collar so like let her just go and it's great Uh, when she gets to play in that round. I love The Heat so much. Uh, I didn't watch it for uh, this week because I just watched it like a month ago. (laughs) Um, It's just, as somebody who loves buddy movies, uh, I, I, this is the only really one with women. Um, And I want to see that in my eyeballs more as a woman who likes this genre. Um, Any action movie with women, I mean, there are action movies with women, but this is like, you know this specific subgenre. Yes, yeah, so you don't look at the buddy, the buddy aspect. Yeah, it's like we've like, got Charlie's Angels and yeah. now it's Birds of Prey. I, I watched a bunch of women-led action movies on my birthday as like my birthday tree, but but uh, this is definitely a little different uh, than than those movies. Yeah, there's a there's an edge to this, and you, you don't really get to see women. Like I think we've gotten to a point where we now accept women in in the action, just the action realm, like a between. All the underworld films and 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 uh, like. I mean, that that goes as far back as Alien Mad and Max. Terminator. Yeah, like, I think right. I say I think we've got that, but to do to start accepting them and doing some of the other things is where it it, it has not always been the cleanest. Um, Ocean's Eight is one of them, uh, which I do love. If, I, if a I woman really had like... directed it, it would have been the perfect movie. But I think that because a man directed it, there were some things that fell flat. But I still really enjoy it. I dig most of Ocean's Eight, mm-hmm. but I, and, I, and and the Heat is another one where I was like, it, it, but this one the audience turned out and in, in droves for it. And I, I'm not entirely sure why this was the one that, that was like, all right, we're going to sign up for this. Well, one. I mean, I think Jamie said it. it it's a, it's the it's the black panther for the buddy cop female movie you you give something that isn't there when we talk about elevating or challenging a genre the same way we now have a disney plus marvel show dealing with systemic racism and then problems in our own history and dealing with these heavy themes and questions that i never thought marvel would ask the heat does something similar and we give an audience in this case the female audience, a giant movie going audience, the female audience. That sounds so clinical. We gave women a buddy yeah, cop. Try not to say the word female because it's 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 like, it trans exclusionary and yeah. and it's weird because you're just talking about like reproductive parts. Try to say women. So, yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue as well, but it's good to practice. It's like you probably said I was like, oh, am I in a doctor's office? What? Yeah. Um, but we got a like Jamie said we we've never had one of these before, so of course we all went. It's also Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. I mean, come on, what a yeah, what I mean, a duo! I would say, I mean, I, I believe we're coming post bridesmaid for Melissa, and we're coming. I mean, Sandy's been like the proposal 
Miss Congeniality. Like, she's always been sort of in this wheelhouse. And I think it also plays into the fact that when you see these trailers, it's super R-rated, and most of the stuff up to that point Sandy had been in had been, like, PG or PG, more family-friendly. Like, oh, she's taking, Melissa's taking Sandy into her world. Like, this is going to be fun. I want to see what's what's happening here. I'm realizing mid-conversation that Miss Congeniality 2, in a way, does have those vibes because it's her and Regina King. But, oh, yeah. but if I were, I only saw that once in theaters. And if I recall, it's not very good. Yeah, it's, it's not good. <laughs> but they tried and, you yeah. know, we love Regina King. So yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the heat is, is great. I had never seen it until we did it for this. I missed oh, it in really? theaters. Oh yeah. And I just, the whole time was like, this is like, this is my kind of comedy. As, like now funny. we're just doing the dumb bits. Uh, yeah. I mean, like you just like her, interaction with the guy she keeps finding with the drug like with the car and the drug dealer i'm like oh this is fun i i I enjoy all of this um and to basically you're watching a cop procedural but just like when r-rated melissa just go like it's literally like melissa go is what this the script says when i interviewed tony hale he commented on my dvds and i was like you're in some of these and he and he was like oh no that's no that's probably bad ones like no i just watched the heat recently and he was like okay yeah that's pretty good (laughs) It's just That's- enjoyable. It's funny. I mean, it makes me laugh. My one of my best friends, Beck, and I, we forever we've wanted to do that Halloween costume. Be the two of them. <laughs> I think that would be great. Yeah. And it's interesting that like, it's another example where I go, okay, we did the buddy cop movie. Why aren't we doing more? In why aren't we making more of these? Give me that's, women action movies. That's what's weird about this one. Um, and it it's done. It's happened with Black Panther. Like Black Stupid Panther makes so much money. Like cool. Let's make all these black. Like let's give black films and do all of that. I don't know why, and, and I don't know if they're just like, oh, it's only star power. But I don't know why this movie makes as much money as it does, and we just don't have or just a, a litany of female led action comedy. Wild. Like one of the saddest things to me is that the new Charlie's Angels flopped. Uh, because it's so good. It's real. I mean, it's not as good as the 2000 version. Nothing ever will be. Um, and uh, or even the well, I love the original show too. But the new one is is really enjoyable. And it did so poorly at the box office. And and I don't know if that's an IP thing where it's like the name Charlie's Angels people were are over that. Um, but it's in the same thing with Terminator Dark Fate. A great action movie starring women i mean dark fate is the best terminator movie since terminator 2 and um and the fact that it also like it's not that they these movies got bad reviews they just didn't make any money and it makes me sad because it it makes it seem like people don't want to watch women kick ass but i actually didn't know the heat made a lot of money until you said it so that 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 gives me hope but also maybe it's the comedy thing i don't know yeah each of those films you named i saw in the theater uh because I, I definitely love the Terminator. I was like, oh, this is great. And, and, and also, it's a female-led and uh, uh, a person of color as the other second lead in that. Like, so you have a Hispanic woman. So it's like, oh, and I don't know if that turned folks off because <laughs> that would make sense in America. Um, and Charlie's Angels, I, I didn't love it, but there are some aspects of it that I really love. Somehow, because I'm not a big Christian Stewart fan, mm-hmm. in that movie, she was freaking phenomenal. I was like, she, she is great. I am a huge Kristen Stewart fan, but I never in a million years would have guessed that she could be funny like yeah. that. I, I truly was shocked at how funny she is in that movie. I am constantly impressed by her range. Every movie yeah. she does, I'm like, she can just do everything, can't she? Yeah. I can't wait for her Princess Diana. I'm, I cannot It's going to be great. Yeah. But I think that brings us to 2017. 
where we uh, we made the Hitman's Bodyguard, a movie that I thought was just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. I think it's too long, which is weird because it's only it's two hours. So but it feels, feels long. you feel if, it. If they cut out like twenty five minutes, I think it would be like the perfect buddy action movie. I think that their chemistry is there. I love Selma Hayek. She's so good. I'm so excited for the sequel because she's like the star of the sequel. She's more in it. Yeah. Um, the sequel's called The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Um, and there were some good moments. I love when they're fighting in the um in the hardware store or the hardware area. Like that's yeah. really like fun. Like they're utilizing stuff. Um, it's funny, but there are I I don't know why it just feels too long. There's a considerable, I mean, and this just happens with a lot of first times for the buddy films but there's a considerable amount of time where sam and ryan are not together yet and you're kind of just like well let's get here because that's when you hit the sweet spot so let's hurry up and get here because all this stuff that's happening before this i don't i'm not as connected to and it feels like a run-of-a-mill uh buddy flick and until I mean, you it, put the it's... pairing together that's when it's like there's the magic it's let's the template of a buddy cop movie i think the biggest problem this movie had for it because it got a critical it was not it's at like 40 percent on rotten tomatoes and i feel like its biggest problem is that it is just a very by the numbers buddy cop movie Hmm. they're Hmm. both great but Hmm. outside of that it's like yeah you know just they're tense concept of the hitman and the bodyguard is great because that's unique um they could like that's a really interesting cool fun dynamic and the fact that you find out they met before like i like all that it's just like the overall story the gary oldman of it all even though gary oldman's great and it's i typically like, love gary oldman bizarre. i was like let's, so let's get to this it's what movie is this what you're in a very different movie than the other the other folks here <laughs> yeah yeah, I think that, but it's like you said, it just, it feels a little too long. We could have cut some out, made it a tight 90, because it just isn't really a story that needs two full hours to long. do. Uh, but it is fun. Like, I, I laughed quite a lot when they throw him out of the front of that car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. i do enjoy when he's like yapping to the guy complaining about samuel jackson samuel he jackson. ruined motherfucker it's so hard to do <laughs> too many motherfuckers in that movie like i, I oh. the whole movie i'm like i should have drank every time they said motherfucker oh, like i love a, when, oh, i love when he a, says it but too much i look forward to him saying like there's got to be a, every film he has to say it once this what? film you're like jesus god Damn, do you just like let him go? Let him go. And it wasn't just him. Ryan said it about Thomas. I feel like Ryan got to like probably them two hanging out offset was like, I'm just gonna throw in as many motherfuckers as I can. Well, I almost felt like it had to be improv when he was fighting that guy. He was like, he's almost ruined the word motherfucker. Do you know how hard it is to ruin that word? (laughs) (laughs) I did get inspired though. I decided if I ever meet Samuel Jackson, I'm gonna ask him to write motherfucker on a napkin and then get it tattooed on me. (laughs) great that's all awesome. that's the way to yeah, do it that is the way yeah that's how it has to go just because obviously when you think of him saying motherfucker I, you don't think of this movie there are a million no. other movies he says it in yeah what's right. fascinating is how we were just talking though is like how this film has gotten a sequel immediately mm-hmm. and then we don't really well, see any female action well immediately but has gotten one more more recently than any other action female led comedy so it's mm-hmm. like why why did hitman get it I, did, did you look how much it made? I would assume it made a lot of money with that. With it that, did, I mean, it made like one hundred and seven. I think it's one hundred seventy-six. Looks like it's one hundred seventy-six million on yeah. a thirty to fifty million dollar budget. Um, so it did so about I mean, as well as the Heat, and the Heat's in a specific place because those two leads are both like no. Right, but I, I think you could easily sort of 
not easily, but pick a couple of other. I mean, Girls Trip did well. I mean, there are other female comedies that have kind of come. I think it's getting better, but (laughs) I love that you brought up Girls Trip because I literally was thinking about it yesterday. The fact that I I watch Girls Trip and Melissa McCarthy's Spy with my grandma. Oh, Um, Spy is one of the greatest films. Spy is amazing. And it's funny because I'm not kidding. The hardest I have ever seen my grandma laugh in my life are two occasions when Melissa McCarthy vomits on the dead guy she just killed in Spy. And when, um, I don't remember who in Girls Trip pees all over everybody. Tiffany, uh, no, it's not. Is it Tiffany Haddish's character? Because she's on the top. Yeah. I don't remember who it was because I, I only saw that movie once. But but like some somehow oh, my grandma was, laughing at these bodily functions, I, I I'll never get over it. She's gonna be was, eighty in a couple months, and yeah. that's what she laughs. at. I normally don't really like toilet humor, but the peeing and girls trip actually had me in tears. Like agreed, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so there are like bad moms are another group of like a couple of movies where there that are got a sequel comedies. Yeah, and I did get a sequel. I so, just watched yeah. Bad Moms for the first time, and it, I was a little disappointed, but I do, I I think I'll like the Christmas one, but I haven't watched it. So it's 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 there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think it's had this the huge turnaround that sort of the this black explosion has versus with with as Black Panther did. But who knows? There's still time. Marvel's Maybe. gonna give us more, I think. Yeah. They better and i still want birds the problem with marvel is that you can only do so much like i want more i want some gritty cursing bloody uh funny nonsense punisher and yeah Daredevil to be back playing in that world and, and blade not being a pg-13 <laughs> right so then that's kind of where we are with the buddy cop genre now we've looked at it from the 60s all the way to now and we've oddly seen it kind of deal with some heady issues and then kind of become pair up two people that are unexpected let the hijinks ensue there's a mission half the time the mission doesn't matter and go and then you have falcon and the winter soldier which positioned itself as a buddy cop situation i know marvel likes to do this everything we do is different i feel like this and wandavision are two of the biggest examples of that Sometimes I feel like they miss the mark when they're like, Winter Soldier was an espionage political thriller. I was like, that was an action movie. That was an Spider-Man action movie. A John, Spider-Man's a John Hughes film. Eh, it's a Spider-Man movie. I mean, it's close. Yeah, that's kind of a touch. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can make comparisons, but... Right. Um, so now, here we are. It seems like where we're at with it, if from 2013 and 2017, I'm sure there's more recent examples, but movies haven't been released in years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so long. We're getting there. May 7th, I'll be well, it's, vaccinated. It's funny. Bad Boys is the one that basically the buddy film that closed down the world. Like that was the yeah, last big that's franchise. right. That was one yeah. of the last things I saw in theaters for sure. Ours was Emma. Terrence, I saw Emma. Yeah, I saw Emma. <laughs> oh, Emma was pretty good. I loved Emma. <laughs> I love um, Emma yeah. So then once the world is back, we, we now have a buddy cop television show, which we've also had before that I don't think, I don't think either of the, any of those have really quite connected but now we have a marvel version of it we're dealing with some heady ripped from today's headlines themes we're getting into it we're not shying away from it we're not only challenging the characters but our audience and then we are kind of making bucky cop up to who he was and not just who he was as the winter soldier but who he was as james buchanan barnes and i didn't think about what it would mean to give the shield to a black man i i messed up sam these are great moments 
And I wonder if now, what do we want to see from the buddy cop genre? How does this genre stay new and relevant? How do we avoid some of the criticisms overlaid onto Hitman's Bodyguard of like, yeah, we've done this. We've done this so many times. What is it? I mean, well, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier definitely hit on some stuff that we haven't seen in like the race stuff. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to see more of that. Um, and I don't know, Hitman 2, I think I'm I'm stoked to see what we get for as a, I'm assuming it's going to be a threesome situation. Go um, on. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think that um, it's hard to, you know, how do you make these original? I don't, I don't have an answer to that, but I'd, I'd, uh, I'd love to see. I know what I want a hundred percent. And I've said this a million times. I want what old guard kind of gave me, which is two badass men being badass motherfuckers who are also lovers. That's all I want from this genre is a, a couple who gets to do all the cool stuff. And the fact that they are gay, like, yeah, we get some kissing, of course, but um, <laughs> but that's not what it's about. And that's kind of like what the two guys in Old Guard, that was the first time I'd even come close to that. But it's, you know, it's an ensemble movie. It's more about Charlie's. It's not about them. Like, give me their origin movie. Um, that is my dream. Um, I, and I've told you before, all I've ever wanted is to make a Tango and Cash sequel where Tango and Cash realize that there's a problem. That's all I want. Yeah. But um, that's, that is my answer. Yeah, I think I mean that I think that's part of it too is representation. So it's not it's always typically has just been black black man white man is you, as most of the ones that we've talked about today uh this whole this whole series have been that except for Bad Boys in the Heat. So it's kind of like that's in rush hour. In rush, in rush hour. hour. Um but that's that's typically the 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 blueprint for it. So I think just like you like she said just get put put everybody get some type of representation because otherwise you're yes you're it's the same thing all the time but if you put a different skin where you're like oh let's that's 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 lesbians let's have gay people let's have transgender people like let's just play in the, play in this world because every time it's going to be different for that group those group of people um i think we also said just because of the way that this show handled it i think it is when you're doing these buddy types and there are there is a difference of ethnicities or there's a difference of sexuality like if say there is a um a straight male and a a gay male let's let's get into some of those conversations that probably would not have been done in the 80s and 90s kind of kiss kiss bang bang ish but they there's they have some there's some things that didn't age well that movie i love that movie but that's that's the only example i can think of yeah yeah I agree. I love most of Shane Black. I just don't love Shane Black. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah. Isn't that most white male filmmakers? Let's be honest. I think that's most white men. <laughs> Said the white. I can say that. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. I think like with most things right now, and it's so, it's so weird that we live in a time where it's like, well, to be innovative, we should be inclusive. inclusive. And it's like, we should just be inclusive. That shouldn't be like changing the game. Right? Like, But yes, those are the stories we haven't seen yet. And we now, in watching so many of these back to back to back to back, I did start to get a little fatigued by the time we got to Hitman's Bodyguard and was like, yeah, I know this setup now. And if we're gonna always, if we're gonna pair up a, a black and a white star, challenge that the way the Falcon and the Winter Soldier did. Challenge it the way that we haven't seen. If we are going to pair up LGBTQIA and, and anybody else and make me, let's th- tell these stories so that they are challenging to the audience a bit because we know the template and we know the comedy and usually those stories come out and they're great. And when they do, we're like, oh, I, I 
I've never really looked at it this way. And it makes us challenge some of our presumptions when we just see the world through another lens. And when you do that with this genre, it is kind of the shot in the arm it needs. I don't really need to see another Rush Hour or Lethal Weapon or anything else, which is also where I then go with like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I'm like, well, then where do we go from here? Do we, is this now the show that deals with these ideas or should the next one deal with a different theme? Who is that villain going to be? How do we keep moving this forward? Because not everything needs to be like ripped from today's headlines, but I think what we've learned with a lot of movies, especially watching them without theaters and without groups of people around is we start to see the shallowness. When we watch the Godzilla versus Kongs or the Mortal Kombats without the group fun, we're just sort of our left being like, okay, cool. That was fun, I guess. If I just want to have fun for an hour, then I'm here, but I don't know. I want to both relax and think, I guess. Like I get the Fast and the Furious appeal, which is like, watch the cars go fast. But those are also movies that are inclusive and have stories. And the theme is as simple as just family. But in every movie, we put that thesis to a different challenge. Yeah. The same way we do, frankly, in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So it is like, it is a little bit deeper than that. We are kind of getting into like what these people are and who their lives are. And when we don't do that, when I look at Hitman's Bodyguard and I go, well, this is a guy, Ryan Riddles, who wants his company back and he wants his relationship back and he wants his life back. But I stopped feeling that halfway through the movie. That's just kind of there so that we don't just have a man running around doing something else. We're not really, you know, what do you do when you're faced with this failure? What do you do when it turns out that this guy is responsible for your downfall, but you have to protect him and what are the, the conflict needs to be deeper there. And I do think the the easiest way to do that is to just get some diversity in there behind the camera in front of the camera give me a buddy cop movie with two guys in a relationship let me see how that relationship is challenged when we're also doing this kind of stuff right do it right now you stupid executives i'm gonna write it uh settle jamie get to work (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah i mean now we're uh we're done for weeks hanging we now are just we're waiting for loki i'm sure we'll have a show for you then mm. we might think of a show to do in the interim i don't know a lot of questions we've enjoyed doing it though so if you've enjoyed listening you should leave us a review let us know what you think in the comments if you're on youtube hit subscribe if you're on the podcast leave a review you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hollywood Already Did It. I'm at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. Jamie is at Jamie Cinematics. We do another podcast called You Can't Do That Anymore about movies that may have aged poorly. We do also have the regular Hollywood Already Did It about reboots, remakes, and adaptations whenever the world deems a movie to be released. So um, soon that train will open again. <laughs> And Jamie, of course, has everything at comicbook.com and her quizzes at BuzzFeed and is sometimes on the Phase Zero podcast. We might have Malcolm Spellman this week. Keep an eye out. Great. That would be great. Um, And that's it, guys. Those are the Buddy Cop movies. We've looked at it. We've looked at sitcoms. We've looked at these movies. Who knows what we'll look at next? We will see you all at the latest in June when Loki shows up. (laughs) Later. Bye.